Welcome to Relevant Tones. I'm Seth Bostead. On today's program, my guest is Alvin Singleton. This is one of my recurring composer spotlight features, and I'm so happy to shine the spotlight today on this marvelous American composer, Alvin Singleton. I first heard his music many years ago when I was at a Chamber Music America conference. And when you register for a conference like that, they always give you a little goodie bag that has CDs, music, programs, little buttons, all kinds of fun things in it. When I got home, I put all the CDs aside and sat down to listen to them. And I was struck particularly by the music of Alvin Singleton. I thought to myself, this is such an interesting amalgamation of jazz elements, improvisational elements. This is a guy who clearly knows the classical music tradition, and yet he's his own composer. He's his own voice. And it seemed to me that he's kind of spending time inside his own head. He has created his own musical universe, irrespective of what's happening around him. So it's so wonderful today to be able to shine the light on Alvin Singleton. And it was even better to have the chance to catch up with him and talk to him from his home in Atlanta, where he still lives. The first question I asked him during our conversation was about his creative process. My method is improvisation, actually. I will create some sort of material, and then I'll improvise with it. And then when I reach what I call the aha stage, I begin to put pen to paper. And something that leaps to the forefront in my mind or in my ear that I feel that I can enlarge or develop further. I will sit at the piano and I will play through things and I'll say to myself, oh, that's really interesting. And I do it again and then again. Then I realize that that moment is time to write it down. That's Alvin Singleton talking about his creative process and the importance of improvising. I love that idea of the aha moment. You're improvising at the piano. Everything's probably sounding fine, I'm sure, but there's something that sticks out and you know, this is it. Here's my piece. Now I can begin to compose. The first piece I want to play on the program today is called Jasper Drag. It's a chamber piece for clarinet, piano, and violin. The genesis for this piece was a tragic incident in Texas. Here's Alvin Singleton to tell us about Jasper Drag. Jasper Drag was commissioned by Michigan State University and the Phillips Collection in Washington for the Vidaire Trio, which is a trio for violin, clarinet, and piano. And the title refers to the June 7, 1998 Jasper Drag Texas incident, wherein three white men dragged a black man to his death after chaining him to the back of a pickup truck. So uh, the composition is not intended to tell a story or even evoke images. Jasper Drag is meant to be a marker on the collective memory of the nation still growing. And the score is inscribed to the memory of James Byrd Jr., the victim of this racially motivated act. This is the piece Jasper Drag, Helen Hoya Kim performing on violin, Ted Gurch clarinet, and Laura Gordy piano. Music of Alvin Singleton. Thank you. 
That's Jasper Drag, a piece that is a response to an incident in Jasper, Texas from 1999 in which a black man was dragged to his death by three white supremacists. It's music of Alvin Singleton, emblematic from a musical perspective of what I'm talking about with his music, this idea that he kind of exists in his own musical world. He's certainly not afraid to develop his materials at his own time. You're really working on Alvin's clock. You're working on Alvin's sensibilities when you listen to his music. It's one of the things I really like about his music and why I wanted to feature it today. Jasper Drag from 2000. Our performers were Helen Hoyakim for violin, Ted Gurch, clarinet, and Lara Gordy, piano. I'm going to feature a piece now called After Fallen Crumbs. This is one of the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra commissions. Again, that residency in Atlanta was very important. In fact, Alvin still resides in Atlanta. It's very important to his career, very important also in his life, I think. Another important part of his life was living in Europe for many, many years. So one of the questions I asked him was about those years in Europe and how they affected his compositional style. I've always been interested in living another culture. It's a good way to test your own and um, I, I received the Fulbright grant to uh, study in Rome with Goffredo Petrassi, and I did that. And after that, I went to Austria and lived 13 years. And there, I worked as a, as a DJ in a discotheque. And from that job, I really learned so much because I knew all of the music. And from that music, I got ideas. And one of the things that interested me was 
James Brown's band and how he organized his compositions in that you weren't sure when he was going to go to the bridge until he said, go to the bridge. And the band instantly went there. And I liken that also to uh, the music of Ludoslavsky. I I like James Brown's sound and the organization of Ludoslavsky. And, you know, I listen to both very much. And I try to replicate that in certain structures that I created. I got a telegram one one late morning and when I was living in Vienna, I had moved from Graz to Vienna. And this was in 84. And I received it from the organization called Meet the Composer, which John Duffy was the head of. And a telegram said that Robert Shaw was interested in my becoming composer in residence with the Atlanta Symphony, and I should contact him, and he, cur- he was currently in France. So I did, and um, we arranged to meet in Paris at a certain time, and I flew from Vienna to Paris, and we met all of a half hour, and uh, my whole life changed. That's Alvin Singleton talking about the importance of his years in Europe, I think not only as a composer, but also, of course, just as a human being. As we know, travel is a great way to broaden our experience, see the world, learn another language, hear how other people hear music, see how they see the world. All these things are so important for any artist or really for anybody, period. The next piece I want to play is one of the Atlanta Symphony Commissions. It's called After Fallen Crumbs. But before I play that, I want to hear from Alvin telling us about how this residency came about. It came about while he was in Europe. After Fallen Crumbs was written during my residency with the Atlanta Symphony, at, it's based upon a choral work that I wrote for male chorus, actually, um, called Fallen Crumbs, which is a statement about hunger. And uh, it's based upon a Hindu proverb, an ant can feed a family from the fallen crumbs of an elephant. And the the orchestral version of this, which was a fanfare, basically. Um, I don't know, it's a, it's a kind of majestic fanfare. It opens with brass and timpani, and, and then there's a quiet section, which continues into a trumpet duet. And then it backs itself out to its original form, except it, 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 it ends on a one repeated note. As I remember, I think it's a D. That's Alvin Singleton talking about how this proverb, this Indian proverb, an elephant's crumbs are an ant's meal, how this inspired the piece we're about to hear. Here's the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra, Robert Shaw conducting to perform Alvin Singleton's After Fallen Crumbs.
music by Alvin Singleton, written while he was composer-in-residence with the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra, and we heard the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra performing with Robert Shaw conducting After Fallen Crumbs. You're listening to Relevant Tones, a show featuring the music of contemporary composers. My guest today is Alvin Singleton. I'm so happy to be able to share the music of Alvin, a composer I've long admired with our listeners on today's program. To subscribe to our podcast or for streaming versions of this or all previous episodes, you can visit relevanttones.com.
Alvin Singleton is my guest today on Relevant Tones, one of my recurring composer spotlight features. I'm so happy to be able to have him as a guest on the program today. I first heard his music about 10 years ago when his CD was put in my goodie bag at the Chamber Music America conference, and I'm so glad that I listened to it. This was kind of an interesting time in my life as a composer myself because I was wrestling with all these great issues of should the music be complex, should it be lyrical, should it be atonal, should it be minimalist. My teachers were always pushing me towards complex music, and and hearing Alvin's music, it was just a revelation for me. Here is a composer who doesn't seem to be thinking about all of this, or if he is thinking about it, he's not worrying about it. My impression was much like he told us in the first part of the program, that he goes to the piano, he plays, and he lets his gut tell him what's good, and he follows that gut. Again, quite a revelation to me, and so I'm so happy to be able to feature his music on the program today. I want to turn to a series of pieces called Argoru that he's written. In this case, the piece is called Argoru 5A for bass clarinet solo. Here's Alvin once again to tell us about the inspiration for this piece. I like to use titles that don't really define the music, unless it's a, a it's a it's a piece for chorus or something that has words or or opera. And Agaru Five A is for bass clarinet solo, whereas Agaru Five B is for alto flute. Now this piece uses a lot of jazz gestures. In fact, it begins asking the um, the soloist to perform blues-like, and then later it's there, there's a swing line, and there are, I use a lot of extended techniques in in the piece. I use slap tongue and multiphonics. And the piece has a lot of uh, space in it, you know, silences, which is typical of my music. And um, I wrote it originally for Harry Spanai, which is the Netherlands uh, bass clarinetist who was at that time, well, still is one of the greatest bass clarinetists in the world. And he was playing a lot of music, and he asked me to write him a piece, and he could be... He, premiered this at uh, in, in, in Paris. But then, years later, I felt the need to revise it. And this is the revised version. The original was from 1984, and the revised version is 2011. That's my guest on the program, Alvin Singleton, talking about the piece we're about to hear. This is a piece for bass clarinet. The bass clarinet is absolutely a jazzy instrument, no doubt about it. One of my personal favorite instruments. This is one of the reasons that I was so happy he chose to have this piece on the program today. But this is definitely a classical piece. And I think this is an interesting issue with Alvin's music because he's not necessarily fusing elements of jazz with elements of classical. I don't think that this is any kind of fusion. I think that it's something else. He's taking jazz elements like swing and improvisation and placing them within the formal constructs of classical music. I think that's an important distinction to make, absolutely audible in the piece we're about to hear. Here's Ted Gurch to perform.
That's Ted Gurch performing on the bass clarinet. The piece is called Argoru 5A. And he likes titles like that that don't necessarily tell you anything about the music. It's not a musical title like Allegro or something like that. It gives you no indication about the tempo, about the piece itself. And again, I really think that this piece is a great example of taking some jazz elements, the freedom that jazz has, and yet placing them within the more formal construct of classical music. Alvin Singleton is my guest on the program today, a composer spotlight. So happy to be featuring his music. I'm going to devote the rest of the program to one piece, a piece called Sweet Chariot, which is inspired by the hymn, but it's more complicated than that. Here again is Alvin Singleton. Sweet Chariot was commissioned by a group in Philadelphia called the Astral Artists. And they're a group that develop young musicians, very talented musicians, and, you know, put them on a path for a career. And every year, they have a concert 
that's called inspired by the spiritual. And they commission, in, in this case, they commissioned three composers, and we each had to write a piece that's based upon a spiritual. And I chose Swing Low, Sweet Chariot, because I believe that um, human experience shows us that there are certain images that are so familiar to us that we don't have to completely define them. Like, for instance, the, the image of a face if you draw a, a, something that approximates a profile absent of nose, eyes, and mouth, and you ask the average person what that is, and they will say, oh, that's a face. So I took that same approach to Swing Low Sweet Chariot. It's a melody that's so well known that uh, I wouldn't have to define it completely. In fact, I, I, I tested this. I even spoke to some of my European friends and asked if they recognized the melody, and of course they did, and of course uh, my American friends did too. So I just, I created a piece where Swing Low Sweet Chariot appears and disappears. It's sort of like Alfred Hitchcock in one of his movies. That's Alvin Singleton, my guest on the program today, talking about the work we're about to hear, Sweet Chariot. Very interesting instrumentation. Two flutes, which each double on piccolo and alto flute, bassoon, soprano saxophone, doubling tenor sax, and cello, the lone string instrument in this ensemble. Let's have a listen. Here are Doug O'Connor, saxophones, Harrison Hollingsworth, bassoon, Lionel Cottet, cello, and Julieta Currington and Angel Xiao, flutes. Music of Alvin Singleton. Thank you. 
Music by Alvin Singleton, inspired by the great spiritual Sweet Chariot. We heard Harrison Hollingsworth, bassoon, Lionel Cottett, cello, Julieta Currington and Angel Xiao, flutes, and Doug O'Connor, saxophones. Music by Alvin Singleton, who is my guest today on Relevant Tones. Again, one of my recurring Composer Spotlight features. In Composer Spotlight, I devote the entire program to the music of one composer that I think our listeners would enjoy and should get to know a little bit better. I think that's absolutely the case with Alvin. Such a pleasure to play his music today. He is a composer that's absolutely doing his own thing, creating his own sound world, really existing almost outside of time in a way. There are obviously influences of other composers, other things, but they're all passing through the mind of Alvin Singleton and coming out indelibly transformed into this wonderful music that we heard on the program today. There's just a little bit of time left, and so I want to go out with In My Own Skin. It's a perfect example of a piece by Alvin Singleton, a perfect title. This is a solo piano work. We're going to hear as much as we can fit in. Here's Laura Gordy to perform on piano.
Relevant Tones is produced by Jesse McCorders, with special thanks to Christina Elsner. You can find us as a podcast on iTunes, and for more information about the program and the artists we've featured, and for streaming versions of all previous episodes, you can visit us at relevanttones.com. Relevant Tones is made possible in part by the generous support of GCM Grubner, the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music, the Amphion Foundation, and the listener supporters of the WFMT Fine Arts Circle. This project is supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts, Art Works. I'm Seth Bosted, and this is the WFMT Radio Network. <laughs>